I want to welcome one of the nicest MCs, Mutant Academy's own, Fly Anakin. Nicest MCs out here right now, Richmond, Virginia. Fly Anakin, welcome to the show, man. Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max. How's it going? So far, so good, man. Just another day in the neighborhood. How you feeling about the new album, Frank? Um, I don't know. Not no, no, no other way than I did before I dropped it. Just a collection of songs that, you know, just some music, man. (laughs) (laughs) Bad Business, I heard on Twitter, which I was looking at your Twitter earlier, you said that was one of the hardest songs that you wrote. What was the reason that it was so hard for you to write that song? It wasn't hard to write. It was hard to record. Like, with the... the, I really fucked up, because, like, when I made the beat, I initially bounced it out at a a different um, tempo than what I initially, like, what I, the, the final product was. So it ended up being faster <clears throat> by a couple, like, maybe, like, 10 BPMs. Like, it might have been, like, I can't remember what the what the, the tempo was, but it was way too fast for what it was supposed to be. But I just recorded anyways, thinking that it wouldn't matter. And that shit took me a little minute to finish. <laughs> My favorite from the album is Ghost. That's tough, just the way you rhyme on that and with the beat. Thank you. That's fine. Hip hop, the lyricism at an all time level for you, and you really stepped up your game. And you consider this one your debut album too. Yeah, yeah. making moves out here, and you're really stepping forward here. You got a performance coming up in Brooklyn. Is this your first yeah, time performing like, in Brooklyn? Nah, not at all. I've performed in New York several times, but um, it's like one of my first real headline shows. So it's the first in so many ways. What's it mean to you to have this debut album right now? Because now I feel as though you're an established artist now that you have a debut album. Yeah, I feel like, I ain't gonna hold you. I feel like I was established since like 2017. Chapel Drive. Yeah, I feel like that's when when I was kind of like stamped, like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 like proving to, to make good projects continuously. And like, <clears throat> even at the end of the day, was more like was like more of a street album, but it was also like a another like another marker for like you know what I mean what it was like at that point I was already being called a legend. It's like from, from other people's regards, not even like fully on my own standards because I still feel like I got mad work to do. But to my city and to a lot of other people's cities and shit, it's a lot of people that see me as a legend. And, uh, this this is I would say this the only reason I I would say this is a de- debut is because this is the first time where a nigga actually had to like go do photo shoots like have to uh fucking um you know what I mean actually get it mixed and mastered like as far as like the process it was just more professional so I, I would say like on some on some business shit this is my debut but we all know it's not my debut at all it's probably my it's really like my 30th, 32nd, 34th project. I, I, I wrote them all out. I got like 34, 35 joints in the world. You're putting Richmond on the map. You feel as though that you've opened the door for artists out there? I would say yes, but I would also say no, because everybody got their own hustle and their own shit going on. So I think if anything, we probably put a battery in niggas' backs because we proved that you can do it on the internet as well as the actual streets, you know? Because we wasn't too, well, at least me, 
I'm not too privy on passing my shit out for free. Like, I'd rather charge you for it. You know what I mean? So I'm not, I was never really down to go out and, like, wait in front of the gas stations and, and, and sell my seed to nobody or try to, like, hassle people into getting into my shit. So I went to the internet. The internet gave me the space to just make the shit and then put it there. And whoever clicked on it just clicked on it, and it was free. You feel me? So it was like a perfect way to like segue myself into somebody's playlist or just like become a trusted source to make good music. You did instead of having to do the demeaning shit like pass your shit out for free or freestyle for niggas because they said because you said you rap, so now you got to prove to them that you're nice. Like, I won't buy none of that shit, but I just bought business. It's like I know I can make good music and I want to get that shit out there. How do I do that immediately? You feel me? It's interesting to see artists such as yourself that come up from the underground hip hop movement that are real lyricists out here. Because back in the day, you would think a lyricist, a lyrical hip hop artist would have to go through selling it on the side of the street in front of a corner store or through the underground movement. But now you have the Internet. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, interesting. It's you've, you've been able to master that in your own right and get your own fan base. Yeah, SoundCloud, bro. SoundCloud was a great place to be. In like 2012, 2013, built a lot of friendships off of SoundCloud. You know, it was a big community type energy. So everybody knew everybody. Everybody was collaborating with everybody. So all of our, the people that was getting into our stuff was getting into everybody else's stuff. So it turned into a big ass circle, you know? Like that's really where Mutant Academy came from. Like a lot of my, my associations now came from SoundCloud. How was life of growing up in Richmond, Virginia? Because I've done some digging and deep in here in your research and learning about your family life and your early life of being with your family and in splitting at times. But you've described it in the past as being dark in Richmond. Yeah, it sure wasn't as, um, it wasn't as like fancy, smancy and artsy fartsy. It was a little more like rugged and kind of like fucked up. You know what I mean? In Richmond, at one point, Richmond was the murder cat. So it, it, that kind of put it in, like, perspective of how crazy shit got out there for a minute. But, like, other than that, like, on my end, like, I grew up in the projects, bro. So my upbringing was definitely dark, you know what I mean? Like, the most, my most, like, fond, like, my earliest memories are pretty fucked up. But, like, me being a kid, like, or, like, you just kind of find the happiness in that shit. Like, you don't really think of it as being, like, you just having any kind of like mishaps or anything going on you just feel like you just like everybody else because everybody else in the hood just like how you in the hood so it's kind of normal but yeah back then shit just won't it just wasn't as sweet as it is but it's also at the same time it was because i ain't had no responsibility it's like all i had to do is go to school so it was, it was really sweet you know what i mean like as, as crazy as it was it was it was fucking peaceful you went to school with your cd walkman yeah, yeah, I, I used to do shit like that sometimes. People forget about those days. The CD Walkman, I had one of those, and that's going way back before the iPods. So I had the tape player too. Like I had you the, the tape, tape ones. The CD player. I had the, that was my first. Like I was, I got that shit for my um, like one of my birthdays, and I can't even remember what album it was, but it was like a, one of them loud records albums. It might have been like Sound Bombing or some shit, but the nigga just gave me the tape. That was all I had for like at least three weeks. Then I started getting some other shit, but yeah, I had a walk, man. Everybody had a walk, man, back then. Your uncle played a vital role in introducing you to hip hop, Bow Wow, Biggie's Ready to Die, and Scarface, too. 
Yeah, nah, Bow Wow was my uh, my doing. He put me on big Scarface. He kind of tried to get me to not listen to Bow Wow no more. On some young nigga shit, he wanted me to be on on the shit he was listening to, which was a crazy decision to make as a, as a grown up. You know what I mean? Because well, how you know what that nigga want to listen to? But granted, he shaped my 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 musical taste with that shit, so I kind of appreciate it. He he locked up now. I told him that story. That nigga was like, damn, man, you still listening to Biggie, man? You still listening to Scarface, bro? I mean, that shit, is, it, it warmed a nigga heart. Yeah. Has your uncle had the opportunity to hear your music now that you're successful yeah. in it? Yeah, he um he got somebody to, uh, to call. Like, you know, you could do, like, the little video calls and shit and jail and shit. So he had a nigga, um, one of his girls, like, film like like put the camera on the YouTube shit so he can see my video and shit. So he seen my videos, he heard a couple of my songs and shit. He fuck with it. Like that was one of those moments like like that and like me like proving to my brother that I was nice and shit. Like those be them like the moments on some artist shit that's like a little deeper than rap because these niggas that showed you what rap was, you feel me? Like these niggas put me on to like I wouldn't have known what it was bang said that shit. I would have had to find out on my own time, mostly on some high school shit. You know what I mean? But they, they exposed me to that shit early. Do you ever think because of the era we're in now in music, and I feel as though with the Griselda movement going on out there, what you're doing, Dave East, there's all these lyrical artists out here that are paving their own way that say if this was the 90s, do you think you guys would have got on easier because lyricism was the number one thing back then? I feel like we would have took over back then. Like, it, it, it had... Had I been at this age, like in the nineties, like I probably would have we would have ran shit. I firmly believe we would have ran shit. But then again, like it was a little more weird. Like it probably would have been harder to make it out of Virginia back then. It was hard to make it out of Virginia. Well, not even Virginia, but hard to make it out of Richmond. Like Richmond ain't really got the the scene for that shit. Like niggas in Richmond, like their reach is really like it's not, I ain't gonna say it's, it's, it's not far, like, it's just not as broad as it needs to be sometimes, like. D'Angelo's around your area, though. Yeah, but niggas don't know D'Angelo. <laughs> I ain't I'm never sure. met D'Angelo. It's like, I got nothing but love and respect for D'Angelo, but I ain't never seen him or heard anything from him. Like, you know what I mean? On some, like, reaching out type shit. Like, it would be great if, like, if there was some kind of like council, like a fucking, like a, a a fucking panel of people on some Virginia shit, that everybody gotta like, once you get to a certain place or something, you gotta like, you gotta like go and see these people. You know what I mean? Like it would be great if you had like fucking Missy and Timberlake and D'Angelo and Pharrell all in this one room, and the niggas is like giving you the stamp of approval or to go back and work harder. You know what I mean? But you kind of gotta like blow the fuck up before that shit happened like most of the time like at least in my case like I probably I'm I, I feel like compared to where I was like when I first started I did blow up there's mad other shit I gotta do but like I feel like that shit should have been visible on some Virginia shit like for real should have been said something like I'm a chill <laughs> like you know what I mean I feel like it's just like on some Richmond shit we gotta really like stake this like stamp this shit ourselves Cause nobody else is gonna do that shit for us. Like on some Virginia shit, niggas only care about fucking Virginia Beach. That's a landmark. And Richmond is the capital. 
but it's all about Virginia Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I love so to see put a chip option. on our shoulder. We all got a chip on our shoulder, and that also like fuels the the creativity too. And it makes us like that much nicer at making music because all we do is make music. We don't get to go to the beach. We don't get to go do all the fun shit. We just got fucking what we have. I think social media, even though there's some downfalls to it, that it's made it easier for areas such as Richmond, Virginia, to get some sort of spotlight and a way for artists to make it out than back in the day. I guess, bro. Like, it's still tough, it's but all, I think it's it, it's easier for you to be heard with social media. Yeah, the social media definitely was like, I mean, that's the, that's how I got heard. Like, so I I can't even like I can't I couldn't come back there. Like, that's definitely like probably the reason why DMV is even like being respected in the way that it is like it's almost a whole new like 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 genre of drill coming out of the DMV you know I mean granted we not even a part of that shit on some Richmond shit like like so the DMV shit is just like a like almost like close close friends or some shit like we we but Richmond is his own thing like Richmond still ain't had his just do like we got Nicholas F D'Angelo skills fucking um who else? You know, like it's just that's it's, we, we need stars, bro. Like we need multiple stars. Like it's like just like how did Detroit should happen. Like Detroit should happen. It's like five or six brand new stars that just came from Detroit. You know, what I mean, four two Doug, Icewear Vezo, Babyface Ray, fucking who else? Fucking Zaloopers. Um, fucking uh, I can name one more person. I can't even think. Fucking uh, damn. You know what I mean? Like it's I know what you mean. People. Like, There's YMJ. new artist, Baby Money, too. I don't even know who that is. But, yeah, like, he's regardless of anything, it's, like, like the way these communities is being set up right now, the way niggas is, like, going crazy on, like, regional shit, like, it makes sense, bro. It makes sense. Like, Richmond is going to have his moment and, and, like, whatever is supposed to happen. Like, I guess I'm the part of that Richmond moment, you know what I mean? But, like, I'm just, I'm just a part of that shit. Like, just a piece of it, like a small fraction of it. You know, so I can't really do but so much on my own. I've also heard you say that you love your city. You've been there forever since you were born. But it, it, there's going to be a, t- a time that comes that you want to leave there on the bigger and better things and moving around the country. Yeah, and I wouldn't say I had to move or I wanted to see bigger and better things. But I was more so just like moving in with my girl. It all started out when you were nine years old when you wanted to write rhymes and you tried to get in to the studio with your brother. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was trying to, he you know, let me get in that motherfucker. Then it turned into the, uh, it turned into me recording his ass. <laughs> like it, it turned into me getting them on my songs. So, you know what I mean? I, I passed that level. That was a moment for me on some rap shit. It was like, damn, I, I impressed my brother. I got I got my brother on the tape. You know what I mean? But now I'm like, cool, whatever. I can go work with whoever the fuck I want, though. The sky's the limit. <laughs> I completed that mission. That's what's been happening, you know? Just completing missions. Just going leveling up, doing other things that I didn't think I was going to be able to do. Major influences, Three Six Mafia, Ghostface Killer. That's someone that you really yeah, said yeah. is a major influence. Supreme Clientele. Outcast too, um, fucking um, currency, big currency, currency fan. fan. Um, yeah, Max B. 
free the wave. Yeah, free the wave. I'm I'm just like I listen to a lot of shit, bro. DMX. I grew up listening to DMX. Fucking J. Nas. Fifty Cent. Get Richard Dyson. Yeah, Fifty. I was a big, big Fifty Cent fan. Jada Kiss. Like I love D Block. Um, Kendrick too. I'm a big Kendrick fan. I don't really talk about that, but I definitely love Kendrick. But um, I fuck with Tay Dog. Tay Dog, a new a new rapper I've been listening to. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of shit. But um, as far as influences, yeah, I would I would credit my influences on some like like citing my sources is Ghostface and Currency. But Kendrick, I'm curious to hear your take on. Why do you think Ghostface Killer is the best member of Wu Tang? I'm gonna say yes because like two reasons. Like he had the most consistent like discography as a solo artist, but like a close second is Raekwon. Like it's either the close second is either Raekwon with only Bill for Cuban Links and, and Ghostface had yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, but like, not even on no album shit, but just being an entertainer, Method Man, like, also like one of the best members too. But then, like, you have to like give credit to RZA for being like the head of it all. Like, it's hard to even like credit one Wu member. Like, you kind of got to say all of. Them. Like, if I had to like pick one, I would go with Ghost because of the discography. Like, he got Iron Man, Supreme Clientele, Bulletproof Wireless, Fish Scale. Uh, fish scale, fucking um, what? Twelve reasons to die. Big dough rehab, fucking um, yeah, he got joints, bro. Nigga got joints. It's like if I think about Raekwon, I just think about Cuban Links, and then Cuban Links too is the close second, and the rest of them is just like, you know, immobility. I never got into it, and like I don't know why, but like it's just them just it ain't stick for me, but like. On some music shit, like he did something with Cuban Links that he probably like nobody could like fuck with, like you know what I mean? Like, but Cuban Links Two is one of the best sequels ever. So I never like not credit Ray as being one of the greatest because he one of the only niggas that like could step and actually bring a good sequel to the like to the picture. Like I remember when that shit came out, bro. I was in high school. I was in like ninth grade, and my fucking my main thing was pushing Cuban Links because everybody was pushing Blueprint 3 and I knew Blueprint 3 wasn't going to be that hard so when it came out and it wasn't that hard I was like I told y'all niggas but nobody was going to listen to the Raekwon shit so it, I never won that that situation everybody was like yeah Jay-Z shit ain't that hard but whatever we all listening to Raekwon that's old nigga music like I was that kid you always wanted to be different you weren't following the trend it wasn't even about the being different I just knew what was hard like, I knew Raekwon shit was hard. It's like, y'all niggas don't hear this shit. You know what I mean? Like, he was on shit, like, like the drumless joints, like, even back then. Knowledge like, so God. Can it be all so yeah. simple? You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 certain, it's certain shit, bro. Like, certain textures niggas was on that niggas, like, won't fucking with back then. But now they listen to what's our gun. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, they, need a, they need a rendition of what that was. Like, like that's how people operate. It's kind of crazy. No, I think you laid some great points down there about 
Ghostface Killer and just your points about Raekwon and Wu-Tang's definitely impactful out here. What would it mean for you to open up for a member of Wu-Tang? Because I've talked to plenty of artists that have opened up for Wu-Tang. Um, that's what would mean the world. Because that shit is, is the reason why I do shit the way I do it. Um, I ain't gonna change. I mean, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't lie, bro. My whole, my whole swag changed after I got in the Wu Tang for real. It's like everything. I started taking shit a little more, like, just being a little more calculated with shit. And like, even now, my manager is a five percent. It's like I've been indirectly like living that life. You know what I mean? Living in that direction, like on some unintentional shit for a long time. You know what I mean? And a lot of it is based off of the shit that I learned listening to Wu-Tang. The niggas taught me a life worth information. So. Touch upon your beat making because you began beat making Fruity Loops. Do you feel as though as an artist that it makes sense sometimes for the creative vision to go hand in hand that you you have to create your beats as a rapper? Um, I started making beats in 2014. I was 20 years old. Uh, I only started making beats so I could prove a point to myself. I was like, I want to make sure that I can make the beat for myself and not have to ask nobody for nothing. So that's really all that was, like, just proving a point to myself. That'd be a lot of things. Because yeah. I'm always somewhere in the cut, like, I can't do that. So that was me, like, nah, you can do this shit, try this out, and stick to it. So now, I mean, I, I kind of have my own little production style and shit. But I'm, I'm definitely, like, I'm more of a rapper than a producer. I'll always be more of a rapper than a producer. I'll go weeks without making beats. But whenever I can't write, I make beats. Stay creative all times. If you're going through a writer's yeah. block, you start making the beats. Yeah. Meeting Henny Lowe in middle school? Yeah. That was big. Mutant Academy came along. Yeah, that was a moment. You designed the logo for it. Yeah, I wrote that shit on a fucking, um, on the desk in my high school. And then I wrote it in my book. And I was like, damn, I kind of need to run with this shit because it looked cool. And I showed it to Henny. He was like, yeah, that's it. And still a little though. I got that shit tatted on my arm. Yes, sir. Yeah. First names as a rapper were... Deuce and N. Hale, Nathan Hale. Did you ever put the connection together after N. Hale, Nathan Hale with Nate Dog? Yeah, it was after the fact. After the fact. That blew my mind a little bit. That shit blew my mind. And his son, his son is named N. Hale. Like, it's like, it's crazy how that shit worked out. Like, but I'm glad I changed my name also, because that would have been awkward. They say Fly Anakin is one of the flyest rapper names that are out there, but, and I agree. But there was a time once you found out about the character in Star Wars, you wanted to change it. Yeah. Um. After I don't know. After reading about like the the actual story and shit, so I know where it came from. It kind of just like turned me away from it because it's like I don't know nothing about it, and that was it was kind of embarrassing because like when I first heard the name, it was in a rap song, so I'm not thinking about Star Wars. Like it was genuinely like. I like how this name sounds. Anakin sound like a fucking a fucking supervillain or some shit. I was pretty on point with it, you know what I mean? I'm like, this just sounds crazy. Like, this gotta be like one of the coolest names. So I just took that shit and let that be it. I ain't put too much thought into it. I just let it be. But I also, I would like to change my name at some point. 
I don't know how I'm gonna do it or when, but yeah, at some point I'm gonna do that. What's the reason for changes? Is it still because of the Anakin Skywalker connection, or is it that you feel as though you can make yourself more marketable with a different name? Uh, I only think it has to do with marketability. Maybe it do though, because I don't really know much about marketability. But like, I just think um, I kind of outgrew it. Like, I feel like I should be just Frank at this point. That's another reason why I named the album Frank. So like, if I ever like felt the need to abandon my shit and be Frank, niggas wouldn't be confused. It's interesting. It will make perfect. It will make perfect. It, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, I could see it. Yeah, so I, I'm trying to just make my name taboo at this point. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, Frank, or like, or like, you know what I mean? Like how, how I'll be like, I want to hear some Supreme Supreme clientele because, or, or when I'm talking about music, I'll be like Supreme clientele, Eric Ghostface. Nigga's going to be like Frank Era, Fly Anakin. Like, I think that's funny to me. Like that's just it's it's just a way to staple my personality on top of all the shit that I got going on. It's like it's it's a way to make it that much more personal. Like the name didn't even come from Anakin, as we stated before. It came from a song I was reading online, Dead Fool. Dead Fool by um trademark the skydivers or Jet Life member respected trademark the skydiver. But he said um he said, Anakin put words together, fly author. And in the midst of that time, I was trying to, I was abandoned in the inhale shit. And when I heard Anakin and fly, I was like, damn, Anakin. Then I was like, fly Anakin. Then I wrote the shit down. And then I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and from that day on, I was flying. <laughs> it's just hilarious to think about it now because I couldn't say anything else. And that would have just been my name. It was almost like making the fucking. An Xbox username or some shit. It's like you just coming up with some shit, put two things together that look good beside each other. Who would have thunk it, you know? Yeah. You're a big movie guy. I know you saw The Bride of Chucky, Rush Hour, and How High in the movie theaters. Yeah, I actually saw How High on some midnight release type shit. Like in 2000, I was probably like six years old. But my mom's was the shit. She didn't, she, like, like I said, my uncle, my brother, like, they put me on to, like, real hip-hop shit as a kid, like, five, six years old. My mom's wasn't sheltering me from certain movies. Like, any movie I saw on some, on some wild shit, like, like, movies like Players Club or fucking, like, even, like, this gory shit, like, fucking, like, fucking Nightmare on Elm Street or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, I saw all that shit. Like, nobody was like, turn that off. There's a kid in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody was just like, yeah, this is a movie. Mm-hmm. It's not real. Like, if you have nightmares and that's on you, nigga, but yeah, it's just a fucking movie. These people are acting. You know what I mean? Like, my life was really like, this is also super realistic. Like, everything has been like, just like, straight to the point, straightforward. And I think that has a lot to do with how I approach things as well. Like, I don't try to hide nothing. I try very hard to just be as open as possible so people don't be surprised by me being me. You know what I mean? Just so so I can so I can live with the fact that I still don't really like my name and I had to live with that shit my whole life. It's like naming the album that is just me living like standing on my shit or living in my shit. It's like fucking I don't care what niggas think. This is me. I can't do nothing about it. I can't change it. I can if I want to, but I didn't have this shit for twenty seven years now. 
you're just going on with your legacy and you're going to grow. And eventually once you change your name, it's, it's still going to work out in the end, especially with Frank. I think Frank makes the most sense too, as you explained before. Yeah, it just sucks because Frank Ocean is just, uh, people don't think Frank Ocean as soon as they see Frank. So it'll throw me off. It'll put me in a weird space. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll be better to be like, it may be, maybe it's better for people to bring up Frank Ocean versus Anakin Skywalker. You feel me? <laughs> I agree. It, it makes sense. It's both in the music category. I'd rather be compared to an artist than someone from Star Wars, I guess. Yeah, cause they put in like I saw a review of the album, and the nigga said he was reluctant to listen to it because he don't like Star Wars. And oh, I'm like nigga, nigga, me neither. I don't like Star Wars <laughs> neither. Like I didn't think I didn't know I was putting myself in that kind of bag with that. Like it's kind of crazy how shit pan out, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not a nerd at all. Like I got like nerd tendencies, but I'm also very fucking ghetto. So if a nigga listen to my shit. The first thing they gonna think is like, damn, this nigga got a little got some swag to him. Like, this nigga knows his way around these these, these parts or whatever the fuck they might think. But like, on some square shit, yeah, I can see exactly why Fly Anakin would look corny. Cause it, it looked like it's some smart nerd rap type shit, but it's really just some 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 almost it's damn near a trap. A lot of my music is damn near a trap. It's this teeter in the line. I just be trying to figure out a way to make it sound like some whatever the fuck golden era type shit we be talking about because I naturally make that kind of music but I only listen to trap music nowadays so a lot of my shit like my 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 habits come from trap music like I, I, I'll do a song where it's just like a, a little ass verse and then the rest of it is a hook because of Playboy Cardi or, or fucking singing on the hook because of Future you know what I mean like it's just certain shit that I feel like is way way too intriguing to like pass up and this new era of music is fucking insane bro what, what, what is it that you find attractive about the new era of music because I, I've heard you say in, in other interviews that you do listen to a lot of future in Young Thug it's the, it's the flows the melodies and the beats like the whole you like a lot of melodies in your music I'm I'm melodic bro I'm yep. 100% melodies bro I even grew up my pop singing and shit like everybody in the crib was on some like this fake Sing that shit. If you like the song, you're gonna sing that motherfucker. Like, so it, it's been normal to just sing around the crib. You know what I mean? Like, just playing. But at this point, I'm just like, if I'm making, if I'm gonna make this shit me, if I'm gonna be 100% myself, I gotta leave space for singing because they gotta do that sometimes. And just think about the old school artist that song Max B created his own wave of the singing. Exactly. Yeah. And Max so- B, one of my favorites. I absolutely did one of the pioneers of his own sound. There's no one like him. That's why he's the wave, he created the wave. That's a fact, bro. Mm-hmm. Wiz Khalifa would not exist if Max B didn't do what he did. Yep, you're you're right about that. You you were a fan of the whole Taylor gang at one point too. Yeah, I'll still say I'm still a fan of Taylor gang. I got a lot of respect for Wiz. Wiz Wiz low key like tailored me into the the currency shit. Because I was a Wiz fan first, and then I heard How I Fly, and then I started listening to Cuts. So, so, like, in so many ways, Wiz is, like, responsible for just as much of the inspiration I got from Currency. It's like, so Wiz and Currency kind of in the same boat. It's like Rain Ghost, you know what I mean? Like, it's just certain areas that got them clicks, bro. It's just them, them duos and them groups of motherfuckers that was all on 
that shit. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just get lucky, bro. Chucky gave you nightmares though. To just tie up the knot yeah. in the in the movies. Chucky gave you nightmares. <laughs> that nigga Chucky fucked me up, dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the one part the niggas didn't like really address. Like before my mom's passed, I should have talked to her about the fact that she let me see all that crazy shit. Cause I had terrible nightmares from that shit. Like I used to get I used to have this nightmare, this nigga just chasing me down the fucking hallway continuously, like over and over and over. And I just would not stop running. Like just turn my head, this nigga just gunning at me, and I'm just. She would have it would happen so often, bro. But then I got older, and then I learned that it like not that I learned, but like proud of Chucky was like more on the comedy side, and then seeing Chucky was super. It was super comedy, so I'm like, why was I taking that shit so serious? And then I watched all those old joints and be like, I can see why I fuck with this because Chucky was a character, you know. Like, I just fuck with Chucky as a character because the nigga was crazy. Like, he was funny as hell, but he was down to smoke anything. Like, he'd kill anybody. And just think about it and see the Chucky Redman was in that. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Like, that was one of, that was a real cool, like, thing to see on some hip hop shit. Cause I'm like, nigga, what? That's Redman. <laughs> yeah. I still remember one, uh, like, just the fact that we on Chucky, it was a, uh, I think it was, I can't think, was it the first Ghetto Boys album? It was a Chucky song. On That's that right. Album. I was just going to bring that up because of Bushwick Bill, the whole Chuckwick. Yeah, that shit. That, I remember when I discovered that. I got this, it's this thing when I was a kid, bro, I had a kink. But it's like, I liked being scared of things. Like, it was like being scared, like, just entertaining. So, like, it was this one time I missed the bus to school and shit. I feel like I never told this story, like, on some, on some public rap shit. Yet. It was kind of crazy. But, like, I, I never, I never listened to the song on my own before, but I knew it exists because I read it on the CD because we used to have the track list on the CDs back then. So I'm like, oh, it's the Chucky song on here. So I heard it one day in my little headphones. That's when I had the little CD player and shit. So I knew what it was, but I wanted to hear it loud for some fucking reason. <laughs> I was like, I want to turn this on the speakers and see how if it scared me. So I'm in the crib by myself, bro. I missed the fucking bus. So it's literally just me in the crib. I turned that shit all the way up and like pushed that shit, bro. Immediately it felt like Chucky was in that bitch, bro. Chucky's like, voice oh, came on shit. because Bushwick Bill and the Ghetto yeah. Boys sampled his voice on that track. Yeah, dog. That shit fucked my head up, boy. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't process for a second. But I don't know what, what it was about that. I just had a thing for being like, like for being frightened. It's like that shit was thrillful, I guess. Mm-hmm. For your passion, because you do like movies, especially comedies, have you thought about taking your acting career anywhere as far as being a rapper? Have you thought about shifting into an acting career at all in any type of roles? Yeah, yeah. I want to do, like, voice acting first, but, like, I'm down to do TV. Like, I watch TV sometimes, and it's a bag there. I would like to get that bag. What show? Say if there was a casting agency out there that was casting right now for a TV show, and all of a sudden you got selected, and they said you can play or try out for any roles on this sh- on these shows. What show would it be? What one would suit Fly Anakin? Man, I would goddamn... I want to be on Power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to be on Power. Power is funny. Uh, like, that shit, or Abbott Elementary, or fucking... Um... um 
damn, I can't even think of this right now. But, like, you know how Netflix just be having a one-off, like, limited series and shit? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to have a limited series. Like, I want to be the guy that just pull up on some random shit. Like, oh, damn, this nigga in this shit. Oh, damn, it's only seven episodes. Damn, I want more of this. Like, I'm trying to, I want to set it up. And I want to be on cartoons as well. Like, like, like Netflix be having the cool cartoons and shit. Like, it's like the, I can't remember what it was. It's like the, the Midnight Galaxy. But it's some kind of galaxy something. But it's like a podcast, but it's just, it's a fucking, it's being cartoon the whole way through, and they just making the conversation the cartoon. I can't remember the name of the shit, but I just want to do cartoon, bro. I want to do all kinds of shit. I think there's something that would be actually hilarious is South Park, because someone has called you in the past, Cartman. Yes, yes, definitely. I was the Cartman of the game. Not <laughs> just me, though. The homie was also a Cartman. But who's just got a tendency of fucking with people and, like, really being, like, super relentless with that shit. And not really, like, letting up because it was fun to us. Like, it's just fun to fuck with people. At least back then, I chilled out a lot. But back then, I used to definitely just try to push people's buttons. You're also a Lakers fan. Man, look, bro, I'm, I ain't gonna hold you. I gotta retire being a fan of, of basketball, period, because I stopped watching basketball after Kobe retired. So it's like after he retired and then he passed and we got Brown and all this, like everything that happened like in succession just made me just stay away from basketball. Like, so to this day, I really don't even watch basketball no more. You, I think you were like, actually pushing an album around like his death when that occurred. Bro, at the end of the day, the album I did previous to this last one came out the day he died, like it dropped midnight. He died like later that day, type shit. Yeah, that oh, shit was horrible. Like that that whole week was like the rapture, bro. Like Kobe died, and the world shut the fuck down. Yep. Like, well, as all, soon as that helicopter went down, album, COVID came about in 2020. It was just a year from hell. Literally, bro. It's like everything just went downhill from there. Like, and then me. Dropping the album in the midst of all that shit was the dumbest shit I could have did. Like, if anything, I should if I would have known about that, I would have held the album back. Like, I would have either dropped it earlier or held that shit like two more months. But driving it that day was the worst thing I decided in my life. <laughs> the whole Grammy Awards, I remember the Grammys were that day too. The great you couldn't even you couldn't even have a, put on great performances that day. You you could just feel the tension in the air and just this dark cloud because of Kobe dying. Yeah, that shit was horrible, bro. What's your favorite Kobe moment? Man, when that nigga, um, got the nigga name, but he, he tried to, like, buck at that nigga, and he ain't flinched. That shit was hard as hell. Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes, yeah. <laughs> that was the hardest moment. Like, like beyond, like, all the, the scoring and shit that he did, and, like, the, the amazing things he did, he was just stone cold, bro. Like, he was a hard nigga. <laughs> was crazy, man. Uh, one of the greatest of all time. And, you know, you're on your way here to a successful career. People respect you. You got your underground movement. You got the fans building up. You got the upcoming performance in Brooklyn. Fly Anakin, is there anything else you would love to let the audience know, your fans know, that we didn't cover here? We did everything from the tip top to the bottom. Yeah, I just want people to know that um... – I got a lot of albums in the pipeline, and they're all better than the previous album. So, strap up, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just be having a lot of fun to drop this, this music that I haven't had a chance to release yet. So yeah. I'm just like I'm just playing catch up with my damn self right now. Just think about it. If the source was still giving out those microphones and it was taken seriously, they might have to consider giving it five mics. I would have three, five give, mic albums. Give Frank in, five in mics. I would have three, five mic albums in the two years span. Like, my whole shit right now is, like, depending on how how Lex feels. Like, if Lex don't want to let me drop immediately, then I'm chilling. But if Lex is like, yo, drop that shit. There's going to be another album out next week. Taking over the game, especially what you're doing, man. I appreciate what you're doing out here, especially for ill lyricists and in the underground hip hop movement. I appreciate you, someone that's a real hip hop head and puts lyrics first over everything that's out here right now. I I appreciate it, man. Man, thank you for listening to that shit, bro. For real, of course, man. Got it in the rotation. Shout out to Sean for connecting us, and I may be coming out to Brooklyn. I'm gonna try to make it out there and, and catch your performance too. Right, yeah, definitely, bro. Mark, um, it's like April seventh. I'm definitely gonna goddamn. We gonna we gonna tear that bitch down. I ain't did a, a a headline show in New York in a long time. It's a long time coming. When you get out there in Brooklyn, do you ever already have your lineup ready? Do you have a sense of what song you're gonna perform first? Man, I've been I've been touring Europe, so I got like this. I got this this handy dandy set that I know is going to do what I needed to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that bitch like the back of my hand right now. So, yeah, I'm going to use that set. I'm going to use that one. Anakin, I want to thank you for coming anymore. on, man. I appreciate your time. I know you don't do too many interviews, so I appreciate you coming on and talking about the new album and going through your career. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me, bro. Of course, man. Anytime. You're always welcome. And make sure they, they can follow you on Instagram and Twitter at Fly Anakin. Yeah, literally, F-Y-N-A-K-I-N. I nailed it there. Just one word, F-L-Y-A-N-A-K-I-N. Yes, sir. That's right. All right, Fly Anakin, take care. Enjoy the rest of your night, man. Stay safe. My dude, thank you, man. Please enjoy your night, family. Thank you. You too, man. Peace out. Peace.